Hello and welcome to uh, the win-win situation. I am Tony Wynn <laughs> and uh, I'm actually in the car with a couple of guys from Color 10. Uh, I'm actually with the uh, sports director and a sports reporter for Color 10 and we are on our way to the Division 2 March Madness craziness that is happening here. Um, I am actually in the back seat staring at the, the back of the heads of these guys as they are driving me on. Uh, we can turn around when we talk along. to you if you'd, if you'd prefer that. You can. Uh, it's completely up to you. I'm hoping to more so you guys kind of playing off of each other. And I'll just throw out a question and a comment every now and then. Because me, I'm not a sports guy myself. But, uh, you but you're one of the great minds of our generation. <laughs> your, your opinion and input is valued uh, in this group. I want you to know I, that. I appreciate that. Well, I really do. You know, I maybe I'm driving, Tony, so maybe I shouldn't turn around and look at you when I talk to you. You that, can just look in the rearview mirror, Adam. <laughs> just use your judgment. Okay. <laughs> your better judgment. So, uh, what I wanted to do here was just kind of talk about the uh, the things that the viewers don't usually get to see or hear about what it is you guys do, and like what's the difference between a quote normal reporter and a sports reporter so uh i decided to talk to the both of you as somebody who has been in the business for a long time mr dan lucy and uh and then also somebody who's just fresh uh just getting into the business matt vereen so uh go ahead and introduce yourselves tell, tell me a little bit about yourselves would you like to go first dan sure age age before beauty right exactly <laughs> i'm the old guy so uh my name is dan lucy i've been doing sports in Springfield since 1989. I graduated from Mizzou in 1985. Uh, those were 8589. So uh, it's been a long time ago. But I've been covering sports. I've been in charge of the sports coverage in the sports department at Color 10 uh, for 30 something years now. And uh, things have changed a whole bunch technology wise. But it's uh, the same thing as just trying to make sure that everybody gets you know, keep, keep up with the, the local sports that they enjoy from whether it's high school stuff all the way through the colleges, Missouri State, Drury, which we're covering here, um, all the way, you know, Mizzou, Arkansas, and into the pros. My story would be similar and different. Uh, you already touched on the age thing, but, you know, coming from further away in South Carolina, going to Mizzou as well, uh, luckily uh, the great Dan Lucy had decided to create, a, to create a bit of a tradition of hiring a lot of Mizzou people. Uh, out, out of that school and so it made it a lot easier for me to kind of get a foot in the door down here. I've been on the job probably about eight months now it feels like. Started July 8th, came straight pretty much after graduation, spent a little more time in Columbia but so I'm, I'm as you touched on Tony, much fresher uh, into the business. Far more it's about learning from people like Dan Lucy which is a big part of what brought me to this job. I had offers from people who wanted me to be a sports director like Dan Lucy, yeah. which blew my mind that they would even let a 23-year-old have that kind of responsibility. I did not want that. I wanted to learn from people. And so that's that's mainly what I've been doing for eight months is just getting my hands on anything I can and uh, learn about Springfield, learn about Dan, learning from the experts. I gotcha. So you guys both being Mizzou grads, uh, surely they probably have updated their 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 schooling what, what they're teaching and whatnot like were there things that now that you're actually a part of the job they did not teach you or maybe did not pre prepare you for I feel like it'd be interesting for Dan you to take that first considering and then I can compare kind of my experience to, to what you had at Mizzou and then the transition out of it yeah I mean when I when I first got up there it's you pretty much had three things you had print 
broadcast and advertising, and that was about it. And I was in the broadcasting side. So, I mean, it, they, they prepare you for that. That's the reason why you look at Mizzou grads to hire, because they, they've been doing it. They know what it's about, because uh, it's, a, it's a real network-affiliated television station up there, and you're doing newscasts uh, you know, day in and day out. Sports is a big part of that. So it prepares. It prepared me for that. Um, you know, when I was at Mizzou, I was covering NCAA basketball tournaments with the Tigers, just like the guys are doing now. The way that we cover it has changed tremendously than it is now. And was there anything that Mizzou, like Tony was talking about, that it, that maybe it didn't quite prepare you for as much that you encountered once you made it out and made it down here to Springfield? Well, I mean, the technology thing is is what's changed, but it wasn't because Mizzou didn't teach it. It just wasn't it wasn't invented yet. Um, that's what I'm talking about, all of that. But, I mean, what I like uh, is the grounding in journalism. You know, they teach you how to write. That never, never changes because you always have to write. People don't understand. They think, oh, you're on television or you're on radio. You don't have to write. It's like, no, you have to write just as much as a reporter does for a newspaper. That never changed. That got me prepared. Um, just the way, you know, when you're covering, when I was at Mizzou, we were covering the Tigers in the Big 8 and in the Big 12. That's big time, comp- that, that kind of competition and the way that they organize things remains the same. There's just the technology to translate the story to the, to the viewer has changed a little bit. And I'll say you talked about the writing and, and the stuff like that. That is still very much a part of the program. I mean, Tony, you had mentioned comparing like sports reporter to an otherwise reporter and the Mizzou Journalism School makes a big point of you don't get to do the sports reporting as far as your classes go until like your junior or senior year. Instead, you get your grounding in like print writing. You get some experience in radio writing and then you start doing TV writing. And then on all of that foundation, you can then add on top of that the idea of sports journalism impacted on that i'd say as far as the technology goes that that dan talked about far more now it's about training you to be adaptable to different parts of technology than it is to any specific technology you're using a wide array of cameras you're using different editing software you're telling stories in vastly different ways over multimedia platforms of social media radio tv digital print whatever you're getting experience in all of that so that you don't necessarily get the depth in any of those areas, but those technologies will also adapt, same as they have for Dan Lucy, it will happen to me, but instead now we have been given the ability to adapt to those changes that we've grown up with. I mean, just looking at my lifetime, you know, you've seen all these technologies, these social medias develop, and so I'll be trained for that when it happens live because that's been my whole life at this point. Gotcha. Now, you guys are talking about the, the changes in technology. Now, Dan, can you kind of explain what, what exactly was the technology you used and, and you know how has that changed? Well, a perfect example. Right now, we're driving from Springfield to Columbus, Ohio to cover a NCAA basketball tournament. In 1987, I remember driving from Columbia to Indianapolis to cover an NCAA basketball tournament. We had a big satellite truck. And then, so we had a big, huge truck with a satellite dish on the back, yeah. uh, editing stuff inside that truck. Plus we had a chase vehicle, which was like a little news car like we have right now. And we had like six people with us to go cover that tournament. Now we're in one little car. All that stuff has been boiled down to a little backpack thing, which is like a cell phone. 
and we can do all of our stuff without a big truck, without having to bounce off the satellites, without having to run wire through an arena, all this kind of stuff that would be headaches for us, you know, having, a, having an operator that can call up and book satellite time on space satellites, you know, all that stuff's changed, it's out the window. The story's still the same, but how we can get it to you is quicker, uh, you know, less expensive, um, more adaptable to where we're going to go. It's, it's just, uh, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier. You, you don't uh, have the stress that you used to have. Now, do you miss any of that? Hell no! <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to say hell on this podcast? Is that fine? Uh, uh, viewer discretions. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the rating on this podcast just jumped. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Heck no! There we go, we can just dub right, that over. Yeah. <laughs> Censor it in your ears, people. Um, okay, so, and, and Matt, you know, using these new technologies, I mean, do you foresee what perhaps in the future of new technology since we're so uh, uh, you know on our phones at all times I mean is, is it possible that for for the future that you know news reporting sports rep- reporting uh, just you know can it all be done via phone or even something smaller perhaps I mean I think that's entirely possible I mean the the real underlying theme of all of the changes has been, to reduce the number of people that was needed to do any given task. And when I came up through it, unlike, you know, Dan talked about like having six people all drive and do all that stuff. For me, it was always a one-man band theme. You were going to be responsible for everything. You were, whatever technology you needed, you were going to set up your own interviews. You were going to go there, set up your own camera, talk to the people. You would then go back, cut it yourself. And then you would set up your own live shot. You'd go out there. You'd be able to do everything a reporter would need to do all by yourself without a photographer's help. Now, it's nice to have photographers to help you out for that. We still use them now for a lot of those things. But at this point, they've become no longer absolutely necessary as far as the schools that are training, Mizzou being one of them, that are training you to be prepared for that. And, and I think that I foresee technology continuing to advance in that way. The, the question would be, you know, for things like you know if when you generally when people use their phone right now you can post it all and and everything like that but sometimes you have shaky video and things like that how do you convert you know a tripod usage to to a phone How, how do you get that higher quality of streaming that guarantee that the signal is going to be fine because a lot of news especially in local you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere and as of right now phones don't have the capability to really give you that high quality of video streaming live and audio uh, at this point out in the out in the boondocks and so but there's no reason to expect technology wouldn't be able to fix that problem and so i could i foresee entirely the possibility of using just your phone because even now we're lugging around you know tons of pounds of equipment in the backpack that dan was talking about and a tripod and a camera and batteries for that if you could condense all of that technology into one handheld thing in your pocket and have a way to have that still be the quality it is now i think every reporter would make that trade in an instant yeah i can see that uh now dan your your role is, uh, is or rather your title is sports director now how is that different from uh reporting or or any other position there i think it's it's i mean i'm, I'm a sports reporter and sports anchor uh, the director part, I think, is just kind of organizing the department, figuring out how we're going to do, a, you know, a week's worth of assignments, what we're going to cover, what we're, how we're going to cover it, 
will something, will we just send a camera by and get a game? Is there a story there? Do we want to send a reporter out? Um, in our department, we do a lot of coaches shows, so we have a lot of things that we have to do with that during the basketball and football season. So it's just organizing that. Plus I anchor the six and 10 news, uh, the sports report that's in those newscasts. And then, um, you know, for this situation going out, it's a, it's a big situation with Drury trying to win a national championship. So they're gonna send me and Matt out and, and you, Tony, as well, um, to cover it just as big as we can. And, you know, we split our forces. We have Dan Malloy, our other sports guy, up in Ames with the Lady Bears. So sometimes you split your forces, sometimes you keep. And what we had planned for this trip is different than what's happening because of who's winning these games. The good thing about sports is that, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate reality television. It's a real game. You don't know who's going to win or who's going to lose. You have to plan for both contingencies. We're prepared to stay all the way till, uh, you know, after the game on Friday, leave on Saturday morning to come back home if they win that far. If they lose tomorrow, turn around and come back. That's just uh, the way it is. Have you always wanted to, to, <laughs> to go into this? Uh, was this a childhood dream or when I, wanting to play sports and then couldn't uh, do it? When I was a kid, I played all kinds of sports. You know, you, you play football and baseball, soccer, basketball growing up. When I was in high school, I played um, soccer. And I was also, in, in high school, I knew I wanted to be a reporter. And I thought I, I wanted to be like a newspaper reporter. And then when I was in high school, I did a, a junior achievement thing. I was in Omaha, Nebraska. And we got the, the junior achievement is basically it's like you start a company and you make a product and then you sell the product at the high school level. Well, our company was a TV station. So we got to go hang out at the TV station. And I, it was really cool to be with the, they let us hang around in the newsroom after we got done with our little meetings. and. You know, I kind of got the bug to do television there. But when I was in high school, I did, I wrote, you, you kind of write for everything. So I did sports reporting, I did news reporting. And then when I got to Mizzou, those people in that newsroom in Omaha said, you got to go to Mizzou, it's the best journalism school. So I went to Mizzou and I worked for the student paper there and they had too many news reporters. They didn't have enough sports reporters. And I did sports in high school. So I was like, yeah, I'll do sports. Yeah. It's more fun, you know? And then when I was in, in, in college doing summer internships, I did an internship at a TV station in Alabama, and I realized that covering news was boring. You know, you got the sewer meeting going on, and you got the city council meeting, and, and then sports was, was different and fun. And so I just kind of started doing sports, and it just worked out that way. Every, every time I wanted to try to get another job, it was like another sports job, and then I was very fortunate to come down here and... 1989. I've been here ever since. Wow. What about you, Matt? Uh, I mean, I would say it's it's similar. I would say when when Dan was you know growing up in that thing, there was probably a lot of a stronger tie to local TV. For for me growing up, it was probably more rooted in the national and, and what I saw there. I mean, a lot of kids have trouble getting up as early as it takes to get to school and everything. I was always waking up an hour earlier even just to catch a full cycle of Sports Center. And, and I grew up playing sports as well. I played. Pretty much every. Uh, uh -huh. When I was a kid, there was no sports center, so there was a time, people, when <laughs> there was no ESPN. I know that that's hard to understand, kind of like when Adam and Eve were around, but there was a time before Chris Berman. We get it. I'm young. I'm, uh, the, 
You don't have to point it out that much. So, so as I was saying before I was really interrupted by our resident AARP member, uh, I played sports same, same as Dan, and I also, you know, soccer was, was the big one, and I played probably from when I was 4 to 18. But when it came time to, to look at colleges, I had never done any sports reporting of any kind. My high school didn't have anything. My middle school didn't have anything. So even for the developments of technology, Dan Lucy had more high school experience when it came to sport, to reporting and television and everything like that than I did. But I knew it was something I was interested in. And so I looked at places and, like him, found that Mizzou was the best one I could go to. And that's a bit of a risk when you're going from a place like South Carolina to Mizzou to do something you want to do, but you've never actually had the opportunity to do it. There's the problem you could run into is you do it for the first time and you hate it. And so what was an advantage for me is there's been a new development at Mizzou that wasn't there when Dan was there, which is called MUTV, which is student-run, but it's a television station. And I am almost certain nobody watches it. Like, it's most of the students couldn't even tell you what it runs on, but it gives you the opportunity to try it out immediately. Your freshman year, you're in there, you're in front of a camera talking sports, and I loved it from the second I got there, and that was all the confirmation I needed. Um, from there, I went to the local NBC station, which is a part of the university in KOMU. Um, and while I talked about earlier the need to do news reporting first, you could volunteer to do sports at the same time. And so I was, you know, getting up at three in the morning to go and anchor the morning sports every day. You're on air at like 5:45 a.m. You get out at 6:30 a.m. And you maybe are able to get a couple hours sleep before classes start. But that was just the price you paid so that when it came time later down the road when I was an upperclassman, I could anchor the weekends and I could do the Mizzou football games and cover them and all that. And if it wasn't for opportunities like that, you don't have a college kid coming to a place like Springfield straight out. You need those opportunities to earn, understand the skills, to develop your storytelling, and be able to demonstrate to someone that basically you're applying for your second job. That's the thing. Unlike uh, most students, co- people coming out of Mizzou in the broadcast program are going to their second job. You worked your first job as a TV broadcaster at Mizzou. Yeah. You can demonstrate that. You can show them. And so it gives you a leg up on basically every single other college graduate. And, and luckily, I guess I had enough on the resume to, uh, to land down here. So what, for, for the both of you, like, what do you think it takes to become like to do what you guys do like if, if a younger listener is listening to us now and is you know kind of dancing around the thought of maybe they want to go into sports broadcast what kind of advice would you give them uh, or or even a younger version of yourselves well I mean I'll start on that one because certainly now through Mizzou I encounter that very situation. They love to bring a bunch of high schoolers, middle schoolers, elementary schoolers up to the station, show them around. It's a recruitment tool for the school, but also it's a, it's a great opportunity for, like when Dan talked about going up to the TV station, for them to see firsthand what it is, but they only see such a small portion of it at that TV station. And when people ask me about what does it take to be a sports anchor, because that's like when I was a kid growing up, I'm watching SportsCenter, that's what you want to be. You just want to be a sports anchor. But you don't understand to get there how much more it takes. That you, it's going to be such a small part of your job for so long. The actual going in front of a camera and reading the, you know, and doing the highlights and all that. And instead, the majority of your job is the ability to find stories, develop sources, tell those stories, do stuff behind the scenes, go and film games. All of the legwork that it takes at this point. I mean, three of us are going up to Columbus right now. 
we're going to be up there, let's say, at minimum a couple days. And for those days, Dan Lucy will pretty much be the only one of the three of us to go on camera. And he will be on camera in total probably about 20 minutes, assuming they lose this if they lose this first game. And that's the shortest it would, amount of time it would be. The two of us, Tony, you and I, are doing all the behind-the-scenes work. But the company clearly still values that in sending us. And so there's, you know, the drive up there, all the work that it takes behind the scenes. But people only see that 20 cumulative minutes that Dan Lucy's doing. And so people just see him and go, I want to do that. But they don't understand it to get there. You have to do what the two of us are doing and all that behind the scenes work. But I'm sure Dan Lucy, as someone who's actively hiring the people, uh, has some interesting insight on that topic as well. Yeah, the, the one thing, I mean, if like Tony, what you were saying, if you're talking about little kids or kids in high school thinking about what they, you know, usually I figure about sophomore year, you start thinking, boy, what do I want to do? And if you're in high school and you're writing for the yearbook and you're and you're writing for the, um, I mean, even now, I guess the big schools have, have a little television thing that they work out, um, radio kind of stuff, podcasting, you know, do that, get a taste of what it's about, cover your little world, your little high school world for sports. You don't have to be you know, the, a state champion athlete or a first team all conference kind of kid. I mean, you know, I never did any of that kind of stuff. I just loved to play. I loved the competition. And then I loved covering it. I loved watching it and telling the stories. And that basically is what everything boils down. No matter what the, the date is or the year or, or whatever, that doesn't change. You know, the, the story, the, the people trying to win, trying not, you know, how, how do you lose? Do you lose with, with uh, you know, sportsmanship? What's the game like? Do you not give up? All that kind of stuff. That's what people want to know about, the emotion. They want to know about the competition. And it's just, it's just how quickly we can get that story told, how we can pass it along to you. That's the, the kind of the technology stuff that's changed. But that basic drive is there. So, you know, if that's what you want to do and you can, you can write with that, then what you do when you get through college is they hone you, they sharpen you, and some of that is being able to write under deadline, write under, you know, one of the one things that, that we're going to talk about is when's the game time, when is the tip time, when's our broadcast time, what kind of problems is that going to present, yeah. what, what can we do for the six, what can we do for the ten, you know, the all that kind of thing, it, it, all that stuff is things that we can talk about, stuff we learn, like, like Matt and I went to St. Louis with the Bears, had a had a rough show in the six o'clock show. You know, I, I realized at that point there were a couple things we should have done different because of the tip time and the and the, the, the deadlines that we that were under. Because that's the other thing people don't understand with broadcasting is even though we're kind of moving into a, a place where we do things and put it on the telephones or put it on the computers websites, there's also a deadline and we're trying to beat the clock two or three times a day and that's a that's always a lot of stress and pressure. So would you say the strongest thing for anyone who wants to get in the business would most likely be storytelling? Well, I think that's part of it. The other part would be, you know, familiarity with the, with the technology that we have now, you know, um, working with the social media, working with the cameras. How do you take video that you go out and shoot? You know, let's say you're going to go cover a high school athlete. You go to a game. You shoot that person doing the sport. You interview that person. How do you get that on? Present. How do you present that to the viewer? Is it a television story that's in the news? Yeah. And then, oh, let's put some of that on their cell phone. Okay. Let's put some of that on 
ozarksfirst.com a web page so you're hitting all these different social media things being familiar with that being able to work with that without any problems that's a, as, as much nowadays that's as important as the storytelling part though well, I mean I would say, I would say that that part of it is really what's trained that that the equipment ability because that's we talk about that always changing that, that that part of it is is a big part of going to college is is learning that equipment learning what people do how to build those kinds of things I would say the storytelling part of that side of that is something that is far fewer often able to be you can always develop it, but if you don't have that desire and that ability to that to tell a story and to be interested in a story from the start, then you're going to be in a bit of trouble in this business. I mean, I remember walking around as a kid just being fascinated that every single person I fa- passed on the street had their own life story. Yeah. And that if you just stopped them and, and talked to them, you would get an entirely unique story about, about their life and, and what they were going through, what they had been through and the ability to have that but then like Dan talks about take that information and execute showing it to someone else is an entirely different ability that depends on a lot on that technology and I guess uh, with with the storytelling and and the change of technologies like whenever I'm watching sports I'm always like pretty impressed in terms of like people just knowing these stats and especially like old old stats and all these like how important is is all that kind of stuff well i mean i'll say very important but there's far more access to it these days i think especially with the internet and and social media and you can find it a lot easier a lot of schools are already sending a lot of that information to us they send us game notes and facts and and they'll send out their recaps as quick as possible i'd say it's less important for you to have that individual skill compare like me and Dan Malloy that is a huge part of Dan Malloy he he has an incredible ability to have all of these players and statistics memorized you could quiz him on so many different things and he would blow you away that's never really been a talent I possessed I was never a great studier in school memorizing was never something I, I really had an affinity for instead I was always more better in the role of being like a, a host or a mediator talking to someone, getting the information from them, asking questions. So I'd say it used to be a far bigger deal that you needed to have that information because it was far harder to find it. Uh, But I would say these days it's become less and less a necessity because you can find that information quicker. But I'd be interested to ask Dan about that considering you've kind of seen that switch and I'm curious if you agree with that. I I agree with you about it being, you know, on hand. I think that uh, it's, it's it's a part of it. You know, there's a bunch of different things. If you're showing highlights, you got one thing. But it's all it's all a long story. And, I, and I've talked to people before about, you know, this. like we were talking about the baseball season starting. For some people, that's their, like my grandmother is 97 years old. She lives in Philadelphia. She's a huge Phillies fan, okay? She, her soap opera is the Philadelphia Phillies. It will start here with opening day, and she will follow it all the way through to the playoffs. She knows about the big signing that they had with Harper and, and getting all of this stuff for the season, and then she'll live and die on each game. And it's the same with us. So in our sports world, we've got feature stories where we kind of introduce you to, to the players. We show you highlights every day. You also are trying to understand how the season's going. And for baseball, it's a perfect example. You've got how's the week going? How's the month going? And then you turn that in with Cardinal fans, people that have been born and raised, 
how does this fit in with this decade and how does that decade fit in with your lifetime you know for some you know for some people sports is and i think it's it's almost sad it's it's nowadays it seems like it's not as important as it is back in the past for people you know there's so many different options for entertainment and fulfilling time than than to watch a sport but in there that's where your stats come in because your statistics on well who, who had the best batting average who scored the most touchdowns what, who's the greatest player that ever was for the cardinals and then you can have a debate so that's the thing now whether do you know now you know dan malloy has a photographic memory that guy's amazing I knew, like I would say, in my mind sometimes it's like, you know, I think this was the fifth time in the last eight times that this has happened. Then you go back and check it, and then you can kind of mix it into the story. So it's that kind of thing. And I, and I would say, as a tack onto that, which I completely agree with, is that in this age of highlights hitting social media in an instant, and, and people getting, you know, hey, here was the biggest play of the day, just right away, push alert right to their phone, in our role context has become a huge deal. You have to be able to show people not only what happened because they've already seen it, but why what happened matters, why it's important, and statistics and information and history are a huge part of that. You know, hey, here's, you know, Bryce Harper hitting a home run, but it's also, you know, X number home run in the year. He's on pace to set, you know, a home run record or something like that for the Philly. Things like that that aren't as quick to find their way to people's phones that, that you can be able to provide, as well as things beyond statistics. I mean, just why it matters as a person, why it matters to the world, because sports has become more and more not just the scoreboard. You see, you see the real world get intertwined with sports more and more, which is what the best sports stories are. It's not just, hey, this team won a state championship. It's, hey, this team is doing this incredible thing that's inspiring their community and bringing everyone together. Those are the stories, that context, that you're not going to find as much on Twitter, that aren't going to get a push alert to your phone. And that's, I'd say, where our job is becoming more and more. You know, I was thinking about that when you said that. I was thinking about the Stratford Lady Indians, and they had that long winning streak going. And, you know, Stratford's not going to ever be on ESPN, and they're not going to be on, you know, regional television or regional, regional cable. But it was a huge story for our viewers, and, and you want to be accurate. So they had a winning streak going, and I don't know how many. I had a Post-it note taped on my computer that had how many wins in a row they had. And, you know, you're talking 109, 110, 111. And we had to back, double check, and then triple check and keep making sure that that was up to date because we were the ones that were kind of in charge of making sure that that number got recorded because there wasn't anybody else doing it. So, you know, and then that, that you know, exemplifies the story. So you're talking about the Lady Indians. Oh, they've won 117 games in a row. Well, how do you know that? Well, because we counted, you know what I mean? And it makes it even more... Yeah, so you do end up using that math. When your math teacher in fifth grade says, you'll need this for your job, sports, you, she was right. <laughs> well, good. There's something that we can take out of that. All right, listener, I think that uh, 30 minutes seems to be a pretty good ending spot. Uh, just, just for the moment, um, I actually continued my conversation with Matt and Dan in a part two after this. So if you guys want to stick around for that, that will be uploaded very, very soon. There, Matt and Dan will talk about various things about, you know, the sports world in itself. And they talk about their competition. 
so stick around for that. If you'd like to contact Dan Lucy, he's on Twitter with his handle Dan Lucy Sports. And Matt Vereen is also on Twitter. Uh, he is at Matt Vereen. You can also find him on Facebook. If you'd like to contact me, you can find me on Twitter, Tony Tony Win, W I N, not my last name. We'll see you in the next win win situation.